Yo, what's up? Welcome to Chaos Therapy. I'm Leighton Jordan, obviously. Um, I've had it, yeah, dude, like three episodes in less than a week. You know, I went gone a while without doing one, but I'm back at it. Uh, just got back from, so I, I was actually, I'm actually pretty productive today. So, I needed new underwear, so I went to Walmart, caught me some. I usually get a size bigger, just because I like, I like it snug, but not too snug, you know what I'm saying? So that's what, I like, and I like boxer briefs, I haven't, and I like mesh boxer briefs, like athletic shit, I haven't worn cotton underwear, I want to say, in six years. Like, I haven't worn briefs on purpose decades. Like, and I don't think I've worn boxers the same amount because they bunch up. I hate boxers. Hate boxers. Hate briefs. Love boxer briefs. Hate cotton boxer briefs because they chafe. I need my underwear to go from chilling, working, or to playing sports. I need to be able to use it for all. I do. Uh, whatever I need, like, yo, I need to be able to just get it all done with the same draws on, uh, not have to switch, like, hold on, let me go get my compression shorts, shit like that, no, so, that's what I've been doing, and also needed to get sweatpants, because I don't have a lot of sweatpants, uh, most sweatpants I have are, like, joggers, but I only have, like, two or three pairs. So definitely need sweatpants. Like my last job, I wore jeans all the time, which is cool. So I never really paid attention to sweatpants. Like you couldn't wear sweatpants. So I never wore sweatpants. But my job before, I always wore sweatpants or shorts. So I never had fucking jeans. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much how that broke down. So it's a, yeah, I've had a lot. Uh, My two podcasts, shouts to David Lindsay and shouts to Sean C. Anthony, man, that shit was great. Uh, we even ran long when the one was Sean. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, we're at 120 minutes. All right. But holy shit, bro, we went to 200 minutes. It's crazy. And it was just nonstop. It was fun. So I definitely want to have those guys on again. Um, it's a, It's been an interesting week in the sense of, and I, there's so many things. Like, the main thing I want to talk about is, like, just progression. Like I'm trying to take the I'm trying to take these comp TIA classes. So like I have the test uh Tuesday, like an interest exam. And if I get it, dude, like my whole life's gonna change. If I get in, I'm going to have the ability to make more money than I've ever made in my entire life, than I ever thought I'd make in my entire life. Probably not ever thought I'd make in my entire life, but yeah, like, it's, uh, it's exciting, and then I'll be able to work at jobs to where I'll be able to work from home, and that's important to me, because I want to be able to, yeah, I want to be able to have that type of job, like, I want to be able to travel, and 
not have to punch like go to a building and punch in a clock. You know? And that to me is important. But it's definitely gonna help my move to Oregon because I have a homegirl who uh actually can get me on at like Dell, Nike, and man, if I could if everything goes to plan and I'm able to work at Nike starting at thirty four years old. I'll be so I'll be like, okay, every every mistake, everything dumb that I did in my life that led me to that point, I'm going to be like, all right, that was supposed to happen. That's it. That was supposed to happen. And for me, I'm. There's so many. Uh, chances that I like in life that I fucked up and I know I did and now I have a chance to right those wrongs if I do everything right be it financially be it emotionally spiritually like it's 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 important to acknowledge when you put yourself in a position to where you can win and not fuck it up. If that makes sense. And that's what I really want to do. Like, I've always had a penchant for technology because my dad is a computer programmer. So I'm, we've always been a, a very much technically aware house. If that makes sense. And that's the thing that I've always. Really. uh, Loved about my dad. Is that he put us in these positions. To. What's the word I'm looking for. They put us in these positions to. To see the world through technological eyes. How things can be better through innovation. How things can be better through looking out, through thinking outside the box. Breaking the paradigm. Like, yeah, you know. And I'll never forget, like, we had the internet really early on. And it was dope. And being able to get information without waiting to go to the library or seeing it on the news or like trying to get in touch with, not get in touch, but like without, you know, just word of mouth. That was always fun. That was always fun to me. Uh, and part of and it just changed how I saw the world. Another way that changed how I saw the world, and so I'm just going to touch on this, is I grew up skateboarding. Uh, skateboarded for a really long time. Probably from consistently, probably ages, I want to say 10 to like 18 is when I finally like stopped. But that's a huge portion of my life to where I skateboard. 
almost every day. And there's times in my, in my life where I skateboarded every day. The biggest time between, I want to say, 99 and 2003. 2002, 2003, yeah. Uh, that three-year period, because, so Tony Hawk came out. I'd always been fans of skateboard, fan of skateboard, and always had skateboard and shit like that. And I started skating in like 97. And then I first get, got my first real board board from my homeboy Craig Berry. Shout out to Craig. He gave me his Pal Parata board, which was trash. Like the nuts and bolts on it were never. I'd always have to tighten it and shit like that. It was heavy as shit, but that was my board. It would always turn. Like, so I push, I grew up pushing Mongo. I still do. I don't know. I'm just and I and I skate goofy and it's crazy because I can, I can never backside turn. I could never. Uh, I could always switch like and I, and I couldn't. Like I could fakey. I could do a fakey backside because it's the same type of rotation. But anytime I did an ollie, I would always one eighty. Like I would always turn. But that was my fucking board, dude. Doing grinds and everything. Like me and my buddies would build. We'd steal PVC piping from around other people's fucking houses and shit. And uh, what was it? Like two by fours. Nail them, to, nail them down. And then that's what the fuck we would do. We would just, we built ramps. Like I remember my summer going into eighth grade, either eighth or ninth grade. We just, like we just built shit. And every day, me, my homeboy makeup. Uh, my homeboy Jordan is three black kids. And then my dude Tino, weird friends would come through and we would just literally during the summer. Yeah, I think it was eighth grade because that's before soccer. Yeah, it's eighth or ninth grade, one of them. And we would just skate for hours or we'd go on the other side of the development and skate my dude Matt and his dudes and uh, Craig, this dude, Tony Mentor. He uh, had inline skates. Uh, some people have bikes with like some uh, bikes that BMX bikes, but like that's all we did. Watch the X Games and shit like that. Like that was our culture. Like I got I got the 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 end video, the DVD of the end. If you play Tony Hawk One, most of the video parts are from this video called The End Birdhouse, and it's a legendary fucking video because it has legendary skaters and a lot of them before they fucking popped off. Like, Andrew Reynolds is a sure legend, and he was one of the newer dudes on the team. Like, it was just, a, it was my first skate video that I'd ever seen, and I was fucking enthralled by it. And then with the skate video, skate video games. So when you couldn't skate, you played skate video games. I was always grounded, so I always had to get my skate video games in before my parents came home. And I always played Tony Hawk, loved Tony Hawk, but it felt, being a skateboarder, it, it, it felt, it... It felt like a surface level representation of the culture. Not that it's a bad thing. It's very much pick up and play. No real learning curve. Hey, this is how you do tricks. This is how you spin. All this other shit. So you really didn't have to understand skateboarding that much to be able to play Tony Hawk and do good at it. I know people who killed in Tony Hawk were not good at skateboarding. (laughs) 
And then there's like this one skateboarding game. What the fuck was it called? Uh, Top Skater. That was at Magic Mountain. You get on it. It's a skateboard arcade game. Most skateboard games before Tony Hawk, like street skating and everything else, was like race based. Like you're trying to beat the clock. Yeah, too extreme. Um, very few games are like about skateboarding. Where you're going up ramps, doing tricks and stuff like that. California games, which really wasn't. That was on Nintendo, but like it was add skateboarding in it, but also had fucking hacky sack and surfing and all this other shit. That's an old Nintendo game that my cousin had. And it was like Tony Hawk was the first game. I said, all right, cool. Like you're not racing. You're just you're pulling off tricks, but everything was built to four combos. And combos is, a, is that way of, of setting up lines. In skateboarding, in a lot of video parts, you have what's called lines. And the lines are, you go, you see these op- obstacles, things to grind on, things to trick over, you do that. And then that's the end of it. There's rarely ever you're doing a two-minute fucking line. That doesn't happen. And so I would watch the X Games and shit like that, like the street competition. The only time you would see back-to-back tricks would be invert or bowl. Because you had to. You're going, you're literally going up at the right after you're coming back down. But in street skating, everything was, you're not putting together lines, you're, you're hitting random tricks in these skate contests and you're seeing these skate contests. Because the only skate contests to see were the fucking X Games. That was a main time that you caught. So it almost felt like summer was skateboarding season. But if you live in California, it's in the summer. So they're skating all the time. Like videos, you had to go to skate shops and hope they had that video. And skate shops weren't that prevalent. There's one in Pickerton now, which growing up in Pickerton, bro, we never thought we'd ever have a skate shop there. We never thought they'd ever let a skateboard there. They they built a skate park and then a skate shop came later. Bro, that shit is dope. And... It was like you see these people, the Rune Glyphbergs, the anime. Like you only saw people before Tony Hawk. I didn't know who a lot of these people were before the game. And then other games came out after. Like in 2000, like I think in 99, you had Thrasher Skate and Destroy. And I love that game. That game is the best simulation skateboarding game on PlayStation ever. More so than Tony Hawk, because it didn't have enough. It didn't have the tricks. It did not have the trick count, and it didn't have the name for the tricks. I didn't know what a frontside flip was, frontside kick flip was until fucking Thrasher. And on Tony Hawk, it just said kick flip one eighty, and none of it was very realistic. Tony Hawk Two gave you all the trick, gave you more tricks, and it gave you. Uh, realistic mode or high gravity like you can you couldn't just do there was low gravity which you literally could just do 900s just jumping in the air just killing gaps and shit but then like low gravity like you literally but you could bear like it was it was too nerfed like you could not do like a regular 360 flip but in real life there are people who can do 360 flips in thrasher you could and Thrasher had a better at a story mode, essentially, without having a story mode. It's like you're this am skater, you know, very few tricks. You're trying to get a trick. You're trying to get a point total. You're not trying to find tapes. You're not trying to find gaps. 
I mean, you can find them, but just like you're trying to get better at the game. And the better you got, the more uh, points you put up, um, you, you, you get more tricks unlocked. You unlock more tricks, more button combinations. And that shit was fun to me. Because, like, oh, okay, like, you can't just do, like, uh, like, you couldn't do a 360 into uh, 5-0 into a, I don't know, kickflip and twist out if it was fucking, if you had a high enough drop. And it was the first game, and I think Tony Hawk took from it, Tony Hawk 2 took from it, that one it had manuals, so that was dope. But two, like when you landed tricks, you look like you were landing a fucking trick. The this the the player models are actually pretty cool. And you couldn't just string together bunches like you couldn't do a bunch of combos. You can do lines, but lines is different because you're not going from trick to trick to trick to trick. A line is trick land. Roll, trick, land, roll, trick, land, roll. Combos are trick, 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 trick. And that that's not that doesn't happen in real skateboarding. But to me. How I like in grind session was a good game. I dug that it had the slam city jam. Like it had a lot of the uh, had a lot of the real contests. So did um, Thrasher. Thrasher, like you had to go get you got as we got better. You got to pick shoe sponsors, which was dope. You weren't able to do that in Tony Hawk yet. You can change the guy's clothes. Like Thrasher may have been the best skateboarding game for until I want to say until the most realistic skateboarding game as far as play and progressing through it until skate and that's an entire generation of games i want to say skate came out in 2007 thrash came out in 2009 uh, 1999 so you had 1999 so you had a whole playstation 3 not yeah playstation 2 did not have a game more realistic Doug was dope because it went through the career as a skater. It's set modes, like, but it was still combo, 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 combo. And so a lot of skateboarding games, especially with skate run, like you're you're making stuff to film it and then place it online. And that's the great thing about Thrasher because like it literally was like pick sponsors. Uh, skate and Thrasher were are the two most realistic games to, to this date. Until you get to PlayStation 4, which you have Skater XL, and you have Session. I'm mad Session's only on Xbox, and I'm not buying a PC just about Session. Fuck that shit. But, but playing these games, like, it was fun, and it was of the culture. Thrasher was of the culture deep. It wasn't just a, a nice representation of it. There's ESPN, skateboard, X Game Skateboarding, which was not bad, but still pretty, because it still tried to beat Tony Hawk. Like, if more games would have be, tried to be like Thrasher, there would have been a lot better skateboarding games. Grind Session was cool because it had... Grind Session was cool and MTV Skateboard was good because it had a lot of tricks. But it was still mostly combo-based. 
Thrasher, not so much, but like a lot of the tricks looked real. Like the one good thing that Tony Hawk had, and I think that Grind Session took too, was like Tony Hawk. It was like I think Tony Hawk three. Let's see, Thug and stuff was like uh, Th- Tony Hawk Underground was the Flatland tricks. The ability to do flat tri- grand, flatland tricks is something that you don't see in a lot of, and you don't see in skate, you don't see in uh, session or skater XL. I think because of button combinations. Like Tony Hawk having the flat grant flatland tricks was dope. I think that was a nice little wave they set. And I think it's seeing like oh, in Thrasher you would also get like you would do video shoots, not video shoots, like you get magazine shoots. You can do a trick and then take a picture, and it's dope because that's what the fuck happened. That's what really happened in these games. And. I think what happened with skateboarding games as as we grew older, obviously the the scene ebbs and flows, and then you kind of like in two thousand five it kind of dropped, but a lot you had a lot of new dudes coming through and do, and killing shit. Now I would still play. I own every Tony Hawk except for Tony Hawk Underground Two because I was still playing Tony Hawk Underground One. And I love that game. That game was dope because it literally it it felt more realist realistic. It wasn't a bunch of just stupid goofy shit. Like as much as I love Bam and I love Bam, and like it became more about the story other than the skating. And I like it. I was like, this is not the wave I want to serve. Yeah, like this is not the wave I want to serve when it comes to my. Skateboard games. So, like when Skate dropped with the Flicket system and you use a R3, that was so amazing. It was. It was so fucking amazing. And it had a, it was a game like Thrasher that had a learning curve. Like you, in order to get better at the game, you had to get essentially better at skateboarding. And man, that game made me feel fucking like it felt so good to play, especially when you got good at it and you can do tricks on command. Boy, that was dope. It was dope as shit. And when Skate 2 came out, so if I had to rank my favorite skateboarding games to play of all time, it'd probably be Skate 2, Thrasher, Tony Hawk Underground, and then uh, Skate 3, and then Skater XL. As much as I'll, and then after that would be, so, Skate 2, Thrasher, Skater XL, no, not Skater XL, Skater XL is pretty fucking fun. Uh, Tony, uh, 
Tony Hawk Underground, Skate 3, actually no, Skate 2, Thrasher, Skate 3, Tony Hawk Underground, Tony Hawk 2. As much as, like, yeah, because that boards, that levels, like, Skate 3 was fun. Skate 3 had more tricks. Skate 2 had better player models. Um, and it was more cohesive because you could st- you could skate through the whole city. Like, the, 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 the levels felt, it felt bigger because it's one big fucking city. Like, Skate 3, it literally sectioned it all off when it didn't fucking have to. But Skate 3 was also a fun game because it went with a good story mode. You, had a, you created a team, but no one really did anything different. But And there's just different levels. different. Like I said, different tricks. But, like, I, I being, and so with Tony, and I did not play Tony Hawk 5. I did not play that Tony Hawk ride stuff, shit. I didn't do it, nah. After Project 8, I was like, all right. It's, no, not Project 8, Proving Ground. Because Project 8 came out in 2007. Or 2006. When did Project... Hmm. One of... I think it was 2007 when Project 8 came out. The same time Skate did. And so it had that... The... Where you'd slow motion and then do the trick. I was like, it was trying to copy Skate. I was like, this is not happening. This isn't... This isn't a wave. But... Yeah, like, playing those games, like, I have a love-hate relationship with video games that are simulations. Because I'm not a simulation type. I, I mean, like, I like simulations. I like games that are simulations. And... Like, the Sean White game I never played. I played Sean White snowboarding. Like, snowboarding games, I like to be simulation. I hated SSX. Hate SSX. That's not a... That wasn't... Because I'm from that action sports, quote-unquote, extreme sports culture, I did not like it. I liked... I really wanted... I liked 1080 snowboarding. I liked cool boarders. Then when Sean White came, I was like, oh, this is dope. MTV snowboarding, I like. It was still very much... It was, you're not doing fucking flip tricks on a snowboard that you're latched to. And it wasn't a racing game. You're busting out tricks. Hell, even fucking, what's the game? Two Extreme and Three Extreme. Yeah. But they're more race-based. Like, you couldn't really plan tricks. Like, you didn't have a lot of tricks to do. The Matt Hoffman games I dug. The Dave Mirror games I like more. Even though... The Dave Mary games and the Matt, like the Matt Hoffman games is all still combo, combo, combo. Same thing with Dave Mary. But Dave Mary, if you, you could still play it as a simulation. It was still more simulation based than anything else. It was like 60-40 simulation combo. <laughs> Matt Hoffman had the Flatland tricks though, which was dope.
And for me, I think so many of my memories playing these videos is like getting better at just playing the game. Like it helped me understand more. Like playing Thrasher helped me understand what a frontside heel flip should look like. And I dug it. Like, I really appreciated that. And so with Tony Hawk's new game coming out, or released, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, the remake, dude, it looks dope. It looks dope. Third-person view, like, it's it's great. But Session's out. Skate 4 is going to be coming out sometime next year. And so for nostalgia reasons, and I'm glad it's only 40 bucks, so I may pick it up. But I'm going to get tired of the arcadeness. I'm going to like the, the ability to edit the player, the creative skater, and all this other stuff. But, like, skate, the skate series, you would set up ca- the cameras how you want, pull off a trick, post it online. As, like, you would do shit as, like, a real skater would. Like, oh, shit, you just did a heel flip backslide tail slide down a 16th stair. And Tony Hawk, that's not really important. Like, just ollieing something is not like it doesn't look as good. Like, the runs are going to be all combo-based and not line-based. There's one thing to have a dope-ass line. But if you're just doing a combo after combo after combo, like 360, like, there's no way you're going to do a 360 to nose slide, 360 to crook grind, 360 to uh, tail slide. Like, that just, that's not realistic. And so that block in my mind is just going to stop me from enjoying the game as much as I should. Like, I never liked NFL Street. Because it's not, it's not real football to me. Like, I didn't like, I liked NFL Extreme, that game that came out. Uh, NFL Blitz was dope. But at the same time, I did not like keep playing because, like, bro, there's no strategy. Everyone's slow. Like, you have to get lucky. Now, the difference is I loved NBA Street. NBA Street 2 was one of my favorite fucking sports games because of the and one game that came out that was dope too. It was a better looking version than and one. It was still cartoony, but they were pulling off shit in a basketball game and that happens. It was a street ball game. That happens. It, FIFA Street. Just, and I like Volta football for FIFA now. That happens. They're doing shit that real soccer players do. That's there's a simulation street football street soccer game. That's it. You're not like it's a simulation street soccer game. You're pulling off moves in street soccer. And you're not like launching a, a kick from the from one half of the field that goes in. That just barely has, especially if there's a goalie. But I like simulations. And so that was the one trepidation like that I would want to get this Tony Hawk game. Like I was excited, but like, bro, Tony Hawk, it it's not the same. Because there's already more there's skate simulations out. 
their escape simulations out. And that's just kind of where we're left at. And, you know, it's. I don't know, man, it's just, it's kind of just. You know, like I'm going to play it eventually, I'm going to get it. It's not, you know, a, uh, a like a something that I have to do. I mean, but I'm gonna play it because of, because I grew up in that culture, and that's it. I'm gonna play it because I grew up in that culture. It's it's a yeah. Just thinking about that. I loved it, man. I loved those games growing up as a kid. I loved just play. I had so many skills. I didn't. I never owned Grind Session, but I played it a lot. They didn't come out with a Thrasher two because I definitely would have bought it. I didn't play Street Skater two because they tried to be more like something. I was like, oh shit, we need to make a better game. Like yeah, bitch, you do. But, you know, there's just video games and, yeah, just, I grew up in that culture. I grew up skateboarding. I grew up waiting. Like, I get, I used to get CCS. I didn't buy my first, I bought my first pair of skate shoes, the DC Odysseys. That's when the thick tongues were the wave but i skated in everything else then my other skate shoes that i bought and i bought those like my freshman year because i had money the dc odysseys they're uh gray and red the soles were so thin on these motherfuckers like you could if i stepped on a pebble i felt it that's when the thick so like yeah then not so it's like the puffy tongue then I got the Ed Templeton 2s, which, oh my God, I love those shoes. I loved those shoes. They're navy and white with white shoestrings. And I fucking love those shoes. I love those shoes. And then I got... Order, so I got some, uh, no, I got Etnies later, but I've always owned skate shoes. I've had a few pair of Vans, so I had some DC low cuts, mostly Osiris's since like 2014. <laughs> what else? Uh, I got the Bam Margera, I think, yeah. Then I got some Bam Margera's. I got the band version through audio band V3. Is there purple? I walked, I was in college. I walked in the mall and I bought them. For 60 bucks. 
I was hyped. I got I got clowned for having purple shoes. And no one shoes purple. I'm from Pickerton. My school's school's only purple. I should have got black. I got clown. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got the Bam V threes. Those are dope too. Oh my god, I wore those to that hose in them. Man, I love those. Army green, black soles, just dope. Yeah, I've always worn skate shoes. It's like, even though I've stopped skating, it's just like, that's a way that I've tied myself to the fucking culture. Or tried to stay attached to the culture by just owning skate shoes. I think I'm I'm always going to be like that. You know, I think I'm always going to be like that. I love it. I love skateboarding, dude. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, yeah, man, it was such a fun fucking time. Just getting out there and landing. I remember when I landed my first kickflip. I was, I want to say 11 or 12. Because I would skate in the morning before the bus came. So the bus, because my house is right next to the bus stop. And so I'd skate. Six in the morning, I'm out there. And then I finally fucking landed it. Boy, I was hype all damn day. I was telling everybody. Like, nigga, I landed my fucking first kickflip. And all my skateboard friends were like, yo, that's sick. And it was, man. Fucking landed my first kickflip. You couldn't tell me shit. You couldn't tell me a damn thing. At all. Because you, I worked so hard for that. Extremely hard for it. So yeah, man. So I'm excited for the game. You know, I'm excited for my friends who are excited for it. But it's, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's going to be one of those situations where it's just like, is this it? Is this what we're supposed to be hyped over? But, yeah. I think that's about it. I think think I've covered everything. Oh, I think I was in the, so in the, in the middle of my fucking rant, we got cut off, me and I was talking to Sean. And I want to talk about this, this is Paris thing. So Paris Hilton is doing a YouTube reality show and for me just for me I I'm I'm finding it hard to feel sorry for her. And here's why. Not that I hate Paris, not that I don't want to see her succeed, not that I don't, I don't think she deserves happiness. Well, she does. But for me, 
I feel like Paris Hilton brought a lot of the a lot of the loneliness she feels on herself. And here's what I'm talking about. She had she had the world by the balls. She did. She had the world by the balls. The world was her oyster. She could do no motherfucking wrong. She's Paris Hilton, bro. It's facts. Like, she... I, didn't, I never thought she was all that pretty. I always thought uh, her sister Nikki was prettier. But I got that she, that Paris was the one. She was the one. And then the sex tape came out. And... That's the first time I saw somebody ever get famous for putting out a sex tape. Like, she was a little famous before, then the sex tape comes out, boom, massive, I think, and it's been copied by Kim Kardashian, and she took that shit, took that baton and ran with it. But what happened, what I think, like, she had the show, Simple Life with Paris and Nikki, and then she was just famous. She was famous for just being rich already, and that's it. And I never, I never thought she was that talented. Like, she has a song that I like, Turn It Up, that Paul uh, Van, not Paul Van Dyke, Paul Oakenfold remix, and I fucking love that song. That song is dope as shit, but I love fucking Oakenfold, so. I don't love fucking Oakenfold. I fucking love Oakenfold. There you go. And when everybody that was in that little clique, the Lindsay Lohans, the Terry's, like, every, all the people who were famous from, like, 2003, 2002 to, like, 2008, they all, obviously, you all get older. Y'all grow up. Like, there's a new batch of hot for doing nothing people that come through. New batch of reality stars that come through. And they follow Paris's wave. They copied her wave to the fucking fullest. And I think she never really, like, she, you can only, and coming from a person who partied a lot, all the fucking time, that was my job. You can't just party, party, party all the fucking time and that shit not affect you. There's only so many uh, Milan Fashion Weeks. There's only so many Paris Fashion Weeks that you can fucking go to. There's only so many London Fashion Weeks. There's only so many festivals and shit that you can go to. Now, festi- now festivals became more of a thing as we've all gotten older, so that's kind of new. But it's it was still like you you your people had the jig is up. People have gotten tired of you. They they kind of know what you do. They kind of know what you're about. And she never. I feel like she never evolved. And you, when you do that, and your core audience grows up, where does that leave you? 
that leaves you with this void. Nikki Hilton, fucking Britney Spears, fucking Lindsay. I, think, I don't know. I mean, Lindsay's still out in the ether. But Nicole Richie, all the people that she used to kick it with and was tied to. And I'm not saying, before I say this, I'm not saying that this is what you have to do to feel fulfilled. I'm saying from the outside looking in, this is, I feel like she feels less fulfilled because she hasn't done this. But all those women became moms. Their life is now something bigger. Jessica Simpson, Ashley Simpson, their lives are now bigger than just partying. Because I'm pretty sure they wanted to be a good mom. And they may suck as moms, but they still have that title to where if they're suck, they could still, there's still a chance they could still be good at it. So that's where I'm at. And I feel like Paris just spent years and years partying and partying and being this royalty and being seen as untouchable. And now it's like, oh shit, I'm 38 years old, 39 years old. What the fuck have I done? What do I have to show for this? Because she's not mega famous. She's not the most mega famous person in the world. I'm pretty sure people still care about her. But like. Not to the limit that they once did. Because now you have the Kardashians. And that's the thing too. With Kim. Who's older than Paris. She was Paris. Like Kim Kardashian was Paris's assistant. <laughs> that was Paris's assistant. And she's now got. More fame than her. She now has more money than her. She now has, I hate saying this, but she has more clout than her. And Paris is just like this has been. And I think that's really fucking with her. Because I'm pretty sure she's had chances to change her life story in a sense to go to that what she perceives as the next level but she just hadn't and she's like no I'm gonna show you this peek in how lonely my life is like if there was abuse I'm not making fun of her abuse I'm talking about after if she was partying and doing all this shit to kind of self-medicate and all that I get that dude I'm not I'm not mad at that but at at one point if you don't get help for it, it's going to continue to eat you alive. And I'm not one to tell somebody when they should get over pain. I'm not telling someone that they should just always, they should just not let it affect them. People are different. I get that. All I'm saying is at some point, it's going to end up leading you down a path to that you not can't come back from that you feel you can't come back from. No one's ever irredeemable. And that's where I'm at. Like, no one's ever irredeemable. Not my eyes. So it's, it's, it's sad to see her going through this when this could have been fucking prevented years ago. When you wanted to go, it's like, now, now you're, you're a DJ. And so you went from throwing the parties to now you're the entertainment. Entertain us. And you, and if you thought getting paid to party was hard, 
before. Now, when you have to do, when you have to come up with set lists, like being a DJ, I have DJ friends. I was part of that lifestyle. You're constantly trying to find new songs. You're constantly trying to stay fresh. If you're a party DJ. Now, if you're a dude who scratches, you, this is the shit that you love. And I feel like she did this shit to kind of stay relevant in the scene because, oh shit, Paris is DJing. Let's go see Paris. It's like a novelty thing. And I, from what I hear, she's a decent DJ. She doesn't suck. Like, she's not train wrecking. She had Afrojack, who she dated as a teacher, I presume. So it's like, all right, bet that makes sense. But you can't just stay in that fucking lifestyle, dude. You can't. It is rough. It's rough on your sleep schedule, rough on your diet habits. If you're supposed to be somewhere, you're supposed to be somewhere. If you're supposed to party, maybe you want a nice, quiet New Year's Eve and kick it with your friends and family. But you can't because you got to spend Vegas. You got to spend New York. You got to spend Ibiza. And if this is not something that you that you love doing and that you worked hard to do, you're not going to look at that opportunity as like, oh, shit, this is dope. Like most of the great DJs that I know, because I consider them great. I always think my friends are great. Most of the DJs that I've heard of and grown up watching, they worked really hard at this. They were doing super low-key shows. They were doing like opening slots and festivals. Like they're toiling away, toiling away to get their name big. And so when they do it, there's a there's a sense of, oh shit, this is dope. This is what the fuck I work for. Like if you watch Carl Cox and he may be fucking lying his ass off or he may be acting. It genuinely seems every time I see him spin a set that he fucking loves it. Like, yo, this is dope. And he looks like he's having a ball. Shouts to Dash Berlin. Dash Berlin is now in my top five favorite fucking DJs. This dude since quarantine has been spinning Every fucking day for months without fail. When I want to say, and I want to say since March, he's been spinning. He hasn't been doing comedy. He's been spinning. Now he may be getting paid for it, maybe getting monetized, but he's been spinning every day for months, for like hours. That's incredible. Dude, shouts to him because I know that shit can't be easy. It's just him in his room, spinning his tracks. That's it. I love it. So, watching this whole the situation with Paris is like, why it feels like you didn't evolve. And people need realness. We crave it. People's Instagrams, people's Twitters and shit like we we want to feel like we're talking to we're getting to know you. We want to feel like we are behind the curtain. If you're not giving us that when there's other stars who are who have who we feel have more to offer us, then that's where the situation gets tricky. That's where it gets fucking tricky. You 
You know, and I, I wish her the best, man. I hope she finds peace. But it's like, bro, you, you had a chance to rebrand. And you didn't. Why? Why did you not rebrand? What was going on to where you felt like you didn't have to rebrand? That's what I want to know. What went on to where you felt like you didn't have to rebrand? Why do you feel you were so much better off staying who you were? Because I need some fucking answers. I think we all do. We all, I think, you know. We all want to see her succeed. No one wants to see her just be out here and fucked up. But it's like, bro, you never change. It it comes off as if you never change. And you want sympathy for never changing. But I don't know. Oh, other good news. Join a new gym. Yeah. Join a new gym. It's closer to my house. Uh, not a chain. So I'll be able to like grunt and like bring a fucking water bottle like a, a big water bottle and like lift lift not machine so I'm, I'm looking forward to it but thank you for listening to cast therapy man you guys be straight i don't even know what the fuck i'm gonna call this one i don't know i think this week i'm gonna hit you guys with a story time i've had a pretty fucking wild life and time for me to tell some of the stories about this shit so y'all be easy peace